0: is actually you are
1: a real runner with Jacqueline Riccio All right, I'm so excited for today. I have Tony Schober on the podcast today Tony, how are you doing?
0: I'm good Jacqueline thanks for having me.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. So Tony is the husband of Diana who's on the who's on the show maybe about a year ago around this time I think. So we're gonna get into that but I want to start with. Um, you have an online business where you work with people, um, mostly women, which is crazy. But tell me, tell me a little bit about how this got started. Were you always into fitness growing up? Was this like your path since you were little?
0: Yeah. So um, I'll get to the majority female audience in a minute. But back in 2011, I had just gotten home. I actually was working overseas in Afghanistan. And I came home and about a year or so later, I decided to go ahead and just start writing about fitness. Like this was back when blogs were still kind of fairly new, I would think so. Right. It was kind of like the early days of it. And I just started writing. Like I was passionate about it. I had started lifting weights back when I was, I don't know, about 12 years old or so. Right. And so it was always like a passion of mine. I started writing about it and like, it caught on, like, they like caught on, like, really big, um, you know, the business has its ebbs and flows, but back in 2011, 2012, like, it, like, really took off. I was like, okay, like, I need to do something with this, right, and so, you know, long story short with that, I decided to go all in with it, but yeah, I have a uh, majority female audience, and it wasn't on purpose. I feel like it's because my message kind of connects and resonates with uh, women a little bit more than men probably because it's a little bit more like emotion-based you know I don't know but uh, you kind of really have to get in touch with your feelings a little bit and most men feel a little uneasy about it sure. I've had some men in my programs they feel like you know they message me and they're like I don't really want to share that you know? <laughs> so it's like all right I get it you know do what you want to do but yeah
1: yeah, so that's, yeah, 2011. So the internet has changed so much in the last nine years. So I'm thinking nine years ago, I don't know, was Instagram? I don't even know. Facebook was around, but people didn't Instagram
0: use was like just, I feel like it was like 2013. I had an account on Instagram huh. that I started. I think I posted two pictures. I didn't like posting pictures at the time. So like I didn't do anything with it. And so I got back on Instagram in like 2018. So yeah, it was like really early. It was really just Facebook and, uh, and then Pinterest came along at that time. And those were the two kind of like big platforms. At least I kind of worked on Twitter too, Twitter too. Although, um, I don't know, I could never really get Twitter to work. I don't know about you, but it's so short, right? But yeah, so kind of went all in on Facebook. Um, so much has changed over that time from methodologies. Like I've had my own evolution. I've had my own uh, followers and fans kind of go along with me. And it's always evolving, right? Like 10 years from now, I feel like, Um, I, I won't be talking about the same things that I'm talking about now, or if I am, I'll have new perspectives and stuff to share. Right. So I'm always kind of going into this with the idea of like, I could be wrong. Right. As confident as I am of what I'm doing and people are being helped. I'm always trying to go in this, like I could be wrong. I was wrong in the past. Something I'm saying now is probably wrong. Right. And in 10 years from now, like, I'm sure I'm saying something that's wrong then too. But in that in that process of that journey, when you're discovering stuff, I think that's just part of it, right?
1: That's so like that's not a thing that people want to say. I could be wrong. Like, hey, here's what I'm doing, but this could be wrong. Um, that's what things did you shift on? Which what things were you wrong on that you came to find out?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of things I've really gave it some thought. But the the real the really big one. I focused as a coach back in 2011. I focused a lot on uh, meal plans and exercise programs. Right, that's what that's what everybody wanted, and it seemed like the easy thing to do. Like, hey, look, they want to know what to eat. They want to know what to do for exercise. Just tell me what to do. So that's exactly what I did. I told you what to do, and it did. It, it worked when people were working with me, right? Mm-hmm. But then there was like this pattern. No matter what, like six months, year in the row, there's like People are knocking on my door, sending me an email, right? Knocking on my door. And they're like, uh, thinking about coming back and getting some more coaching again. Right. Mm-hmm. They had slipped kind of back into old behaviors, old habits. Um, I would say old identities, but that's part of the problem is they never shift like who they were. Right. But they were knocking on my door and they're like, okay. So I thought there was nothing wrong with that. Like, Hey, you're working with me. Things are going good. Right. But on your own, it's not so I'm obviously doing something right. Right. But like two, three years, let's see, it's like 20, 2014, I would say is when I kind of made my first big shift in the business and like kind of went almost not really on purpose, but I really like kind of dove into the mindset stuff of everything and how like how you think is really what is driving your behaviors and your actions and your results. Right. And so that's when I made my big like first shift and decided, hey, like the meal plan stuff, it's not, it's not there anymore. I will help you understand how to go about choosing how you eat and I'll help you like kind of create your meal plans, right? Exercise programs is more based on what do you like to do? Like, you know, Jacqueline, I know you like to run. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally have always kind of struggled with it probably because it's very difficult for me, probably not a reason not to do it. But Mm -hmm. um, because of that, you know, I just didn't do it right? But other people felt like they would need to do it to achieve a certain result. And so they would do it at the expense of their enjoyment to try to get a body they wanted. And then they wonder why like consistency with it, you know, falls off after a few days or maybe one workout, right? But for sure, a few weeks or a few months and it's done, right? So for something to work, I kind of reframed as like, for something to work, it should be working right now, right? It should be if you started something in the past and you say it's working and then right now you're struggling, it never worked, right? For something to work, it's a long-term like life, lifelong behavior, right? That's part of you and how you are behaving, right? Like you tried running, you like running, it worked, right? Mm -hmm. You tried something, it um, maybe it has an impact to your body, right? Because just for the simple act of you being consistent and engaging in physical activity, but you do it because you enjoy it, right? You get some kind of joy out of it.
1: It like, that goes back to like, even just defining what the word work is like, cause we just like, we think like, well, it, I know it works because I've lost weight and I'm on the plan and I feel good. But then like you said, like, okay, but if the plan doesn't become a part of you, then there's. That it didn't actually work.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this is like what I was doing to them, I was giving, I was telling them what to do, right? Yeah. yeah. The actions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, sometimes that knowledge needs to be there. Uh, you know, a lot of times people are really focused on their outcomes and results, like the things that they want that tend to happen naturally by side effect of what they do, right? So they focus on what they do. But the only problem with that is that they tend to self sabotage over time right and the reason for that is because their actual like identity like who they are their relationships with how they interact with food their body their exercise and their mindset those that structure was never changed just by doing just by eating less eating less doesn't like change your identity and who you are okay so what happens is that identity wins out Right, you can mask over that outside in approach, that eating less, moving more type of philosophy. Like, that's gonna work in the short term. Like, you can white knuckle through that process, but over time, your identity is going to win. You can only wallpaper and like band aid over those struggles, right, on the identity level for so long before they actually went out. Like, they're always just bubbling beneath the surface, right? and putting pressure on your eating, putting pressure on your body image and creating that resistance on your transformation. So until you like address those struggles down on that deep level, and I could talk about, you know, the ideal body formula in a second, but, um, until those struggles are addressed, like you're always going to feel stuck. You're going to go through that cycle of like some people for their entire life. Right.
1: Yes. And then looking for, well, what is the workout or what is the meal plan? And keep thinking it's that, like that iceberg thing of like the, the actions and outcomes. It's so surface level, but like, what's happening below. So like, okay, well, let me do a different meal plan. Let me do a different exercise. Let me, let me but like, what's happening below. So how did, like, how do you help people with that stuff that's below?
0: Yeah. So, um, a way to illustrate what I'm talking about here and I didn't come up with it. I might've named it differently. I don't know, but it's called the identity tree picture, an actual tree, right? The root structure that's beneath the surface. That's your identity. It's your identity, your beliefs, whether they're limiting beliefs or empowering beliefs, right? Or your values, they're there beneath the surface. The trunk are your behaviors and actions and the branches are your results and your outcomes. Right? So, When you focus down there on your beliefs and identities and you start working on those first, your behaviors more naturally, that trunk flow out of that naturally and then actions and results flow out of that, that trunk of your behaviors naturally too. Right? So you start at the bottom and you work your way up and you let those side effects, the results, and the outcomes just happen naturally. Right? And so the process that I work with this in regards to fitness and I mean, really, it's, it's life, uh, but I call it the ideal body formula, okay? And when I say ideal body, I, I'm not talking about like a goal body. I'm not talking about some kind of you know, societal standard of like what someone thinks they need to look like to be beautiful or anything like that, right? It's simply this. Your ideal body is the natural side effect of four relationships, your relationship with food, body, exercise, and mind when those four relationships, when they're in alignment, when they're in a healthy place, your ideal body is simply the natural side effect. okay? So when you you ask, how do I um, do that? I I work on these relationships, on that individual, like a relationship is part of your identity, right? It's like part of who you are and how you're interacting with these things. So what we do is we try to identify uh, particular struggles people are having and then we work through those, right? Depending on who that person is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like that illustration of the tree. Um, and so, the like, okay, what you're doing with food and what you're doing with exercise, it's easy to see that. Cause again, it is like, it's very external. But when you talk about your relationship with your mind and your relationship with your body on a practical level, like day to day, what is like, what would you recommend someone? Like, are there exercises or journaling or talking? What do you have people do?
0: Yeah. So all those things, like, let's talk about body because body, the relationship of body, in my opinion, is like the, like, not the be all end all, but it's kind of the thing that drives the other relationships. Like how you see yourself determines how you choose to eat, right? How much you eat, what you eat, how you eat, same with exercise, how you get about choosing your exercise, right? So I always, when I talk about this, I do always get someone like, they're asking me like, okay, so like, what are the action steps, right? Of how to do these things. And what I tend to tell them is, it's this. One, you decide, let, let me take a step back here. Okay. Let me first tell you what you're actually trying to do. When it comes to relationship with your body, there's two things here. You have your body and you have your body image. Okay. Your body is literally the physical thing that you see, right? Your body image is the thing that you perceive. Mm
1: -hmm. So you have
0: a fact for your body and you have your opinion for your body image. Your body is the physical. So it's like how you physically feel like is your life experience being held back by your physical body in some way? Or like most people, their body image, are they being held back? their life experience because they don't feel good about the way they look. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that body image, the way they're perceiving themselves that is making their life difficult. Like they feel bad about themselves. It's affecting like them getting out into the world, their relationships. Right. So what I try to do, most people, when they come to me, their body and their body image are like, they're like one in the same. They're like together. Right. Like how they see themselves is hundred percent conditional on their physical body mm-hmm. right everything that they do like how they eat is based on what will it do to my physical body when they work out what will it do to yeah. my physical body right so everything is contingent their body image is 100 percent contingent and conditional on their body image so my goal with people is to basically like drive a wedge between those two and separate it as far as i can i want their body and their body image to be as far apart as possible and to be too individual, independent entities, right? So yes, you can work on your body, right? But you can also work on your body image independently and feel good now about yourself, right? Like there's no, there's no reason to wait uh, for your body to change, to start loving yourself and start accepting yourself, right? So what I tell people is like, there's a lot of different things and you'd have to like address all the things people to go through, like negative self-talk, they make their confidence um, contingent upon, um, you know, how they look, they buy clothes that don't fit them um, because they just, they refuse to, you know, respect their bodies. It when it comes down to it, right? Buying clothes that fit is body respect, right? So there's all these things like little tactical things like you were just asking about, there's like journaling, stuff like that. But in the end, it comes down to literally, first of all, being aware that your body and body image are separate, right? But then deciding, deciding that I'm not going to uh, really hate myself anymore. I'm not going to reject myself anymore, right? And anything that acts out of alignment with that, you say, no, like this is not what I want for myself. And look, this seems weird to people, but look, if it's hard for you to like grasp that, just look at somebody else and how you treat somebody else. Like how you treat yourself, is a choice, right? And how you treat other people is a choice. And you can choose from right now. and It won't be perfect right away. You'll see those thoughts coming up and stuff, but if you can be aware of like the negative self-talk that you know, look in the mirror and you start pointing out all your potential problems and criticisms, like you can see that and you can stop and say no, like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want that anymore. I don't want to abuse myself anymore, mm-hmm. right? And then you finally you take the actions that you in the past were being held back from doing mm-hmm. right like you have to this is when it's different for everybody and why uh well coaching is so you know great and everything else but you have to look at your life and see where your life experience is being negatively affected like what are the things that you are not doing because you don't feel like you're worthy uh you feel like you're going to be judged by other people and so forth right and you, like I said, you have to be aware, then decide that you're not going to take it anymore. And you have to go act in the face of it and realize that, look, everything is okay. Like you, you didn't die, right? You start rebuilding trust in yeah. yourself okay. and, uh, you know, life goes on, but you feel more confident every time you take that step in the face of that fear of your life experience that was being held back. Maybe it was talking to somebody, right? Meeting somebody, uh, a potential spouse in the future, whatever, Right. Every time you act that way, and, and you realize everything is okay, wearing a beach on, or wearing a beach, wearing a bikini to the beach on vacation, everything was okay, right? You you build that trust in yourself, and you make that that split between your body and your body image further apart.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I love that. Um, this sounds. Was this something that you had to work on for yourself?
0: Uh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I've had. Um, Plenty of my own struggles, two big ones, really bad body image struggles, and also a binge eating disorder, right? The body image struggle started first, like, which I guess now that I think about it makes sense because yeah. the way you eat uh, is born from that body image, right? Yeah. And this like started back in, um, <clears throat> I mean, it really started in probably like eighth or ninth grade, but got really strong all throughout my adult life, I ended up dropping out of college twice as a result of just not being okay with myself Mm -hmm. and being comfortable being around people. Like, it's what it really came down to. And uh, I can think of, like, so many different experiences of, like, me not wanting to see people. Um, One circumstance in particular, a friend was having a pool party, and I was so nervous about being shirtless, I, I mean, to most people, I looked fine, right? But I was a fitness coach, had really high standards for myself, and purposely got a sunburn the day before so that I had yeah. an excuse yeah. to keep my shirt on. You know, I was lucky I even went, to be honest with you. There was plenty of times I was just like, no. And I would come up with an excuse every time, right? And so these are the types of things that you realize your, your life experience is being held back, right? Entire seasons, I wouldn't go to the pool, wouldn't go to the beach. And I love those two things, right? And not only affects me because I don't want to go, my family doesn't get to go, right? I mean, they can go if they want to, but I mean, you know, it affects other people, right? Because I don't have a positive body image.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, like I said, I had, you know, a binge eating disorder um, that started Around that same time in college, where I actually got really big into kind of like the bodybuilding lifestyle. Um, and back in when I graduated, I graduated high school in 2000. So this is like 2002 or so. And at that time, this, the eating was very strict, what you would call clean eating. And it was like chicken. I mean, I had times where I'd had six or seven meals. It was all chicken breast, oatmeal, and blueberries. Like that was it for six meals oh, a day. Gosh. And like we talked about, like it worked, right? So Sorry, long as yeah. I was eating it, yeah. but I had zero life. I couldn't go out to eat. Um, I was like chained to my kitchen. And well, eventually I started binging, right? I started sort of morphing into like cheat days on the weekend, like for one day. And then it turned into a whole weekend and that cycle, and, you know, eventually it, it like, um, at towards the end of the worst of the cycle, I would go like 30 days straight eating seven, 8,000 calories a day and gaining 30 pounds. Right. And that cycle happened, um, probably two or three times like that really hard cycle. And it was always following a period of really big restriction, deprivation and body control. So fun stuff for sure. (laughs) I'm glad that that's behind me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, When we were talking about that, um, we said like the food and like controlling the outcomes. We see so many images, and but we don't know what's happening underneath. And we're just like, ah, that person's body is so amazing. I should just do whatever they're doing, so my body can look like that too. But not realizing like the self abuse that's happening underneath all of that. Yeah, you really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have no, you have no idea. This is the, this is the issue. People will look at what somebody and i just wrote about this yesterday or day before i was like uh people are so um focused on finding somebody that has what they want and just copying what they do right which like it seems like it makes sense but the problem is number one you don't understand why they chose to do the things that they did you don't understand like like they they have this body potentially because they actually love strength training they're not forcing yeah. themselves to do strength training for a lifetime something that never works. Right. And so they're doing exercise that they actually enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, don't expect to get that same body. Right. Number one. And then, like you said, you don't know what's actually going on beneath the surface. Like I've had a very lean physique sub uh, or single digit body fats. Right. And I had a binge eating disorder and I had a really bad body image struggles. My life experience, people will look at me and ask me, how do I do this? How do I do this? Right how many calories do I need? Would I do this? Right. All this stuff. But they don't realize that, Hey, beneath the surface, like my life was being affected big time. Like I wouldn't put myself out there. I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't do these. I wouldn't do interviews like these kind of things. Like I would live in a box in a cave throughout this prison that I created for myself. And there's a lot of people um, out there in social media or whatever that people are trying to follow, but they really don't know. And not everybody is struggling that you see, but, you'd be surprised um, how many people beneath the service are struggling with a very negative body image being really critical. Like if they, if those people were to gain 10 pounds of body fat, like they would think that their life is over. You know, that's how much that their body and their body image is so intertwined. Like they have businesses built around it. Like they think everything will fall apart if they were to gain five pounds. Right. And that's a really fearful state to live in.
1: Yeah. I'm just imagining, yeah, your quality of life and the thoughts that you have to have in order to keep that up. Do so You look really great, but, but your quality of life sucks.
0: Yeah. Are, are you going out to eat with your friends? Are you saying no and staying home? Yeah. Like, do you enjoy what you're like? I was going to say, like, there's a lot of people who if they were to gain five pounds that they would think that their life is over. And, I've, and I say that because I've been there. Like, I just don't know if I could, if I, I gain five pounds and I gain body fat, are people going to take me seriously, you know? And what I realized in the end that, hey, what people really want is they want to be comfortable and confident in their own skin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? They think that that lower, smaller body or whatever is what's going to, to do that for them, mm-hmm. right? But my job is to teach them that, like, look, you can have that feeling that you think the smaller body is going to give you. You can have that feeling right now. There's no reason to wait. There's no... Who's to say that you're even going to be able to get a smaller body, right? So you're in the meantime, you're waiting and you're being miserable, right? And you are, I mean, essentially you're rejecting yourself. You're not, you're not accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not accepting yourself. You're rejecting yourself, right? So my goal is to give people permission to start accepting themselves as they are right now. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that point of acceptance, that's when some really great things start happening with your eating your eating starts coming from a place of self-care, like in fueling your body, yeah. fueling your training, and not just a matter of like battling the calorie, right? Like calories are bad for some reason, right?
1: <laughs> right. I um, talk about this book literally every podcast, but Atomic Habits, and he, James Clear talks about the beauty of like having a system. Like you get to be happy anytime your system is up and running when it, and when it comes from like it, um, your identity, like your thoughts and beliefs, fueling that system. And then you get the outcome that you want. Like it might not look exactly how you wanted it, but if you want it to be happy and comfortable and confident, it's like, yeah, starting with that, what would a happy and confident person eat today? Oh, they would eat like normal food and fuel themselves and feel good. And you know, say kind things to themselves. Like you end up living that life day to day. And, but we, we think it's the opposite. Once I blank, then I'll be happy. Once I cross the finish line, then I'll be happy. Once I finish this whole 30, then I will be happy. Blah, blah, blah. We just keep pushing it off. We just keep yeah, further I, and further. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I, I love that book too. It's, it's my favorite habit book. Um, you know, he built on Charles Duhigg's uh cue behavior reward kind of philosophy added craving in there but most importantly like you just said he encompassed it all in your identity right like he understood like that's the core of what's driving all these habits of who you are if you think that you're a really good parent well you're going to act in accordance with that value and belief system right and so uh, you really like to kind of picture like what how do i want to feel like in the picture in the future right I, i call this your ideal body but it has less to do with Physical, as opposed to the side effect of being in a good place. Right? Picture yourself in the future. How, how you want to feel, not what you want to look like. Yeah. But look like that's old diet culture mindset of you thinking that you're going to change how you feel about yourself because of what you look like. Right? So get rid of the physical for a minute. How, how do you want to feel? This is what you're actually chasing. You're chasing a feeling. You want to feel comfortable and yeah. confident in your own skin. Right? You know, and so you can picture that in the future. This identity. And your job is to step into it, like now, right? And not not wait, like this is the identity that you want to be. You start living in accordance with that identity right now. When you do that, all those habits that you're trying to build happen so much more effectively because you have that underlying framework, that baseline that's in place, that's supporting it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was, the, what you said, you're chasing a feeling. You're chasing, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, And it's exciting. I think it's, it's, it's hard for people to understand that you can be happy like today, like that, because for so long to be like, but no, my struggle has been with food for so long. And I think sometimes also people are uncomfortable with happiness. Like the, it just, it feels so foreign to them.
0: It is. And there's, there's reasons they might be rejecting. I've had clients who have, you know, told me that, you know, they're, Um, their body fat is almost like a sort of armor for them, right. Where it kind of keeps them protected from people like approaching them. Um, and so, you know, we all have this relationship with our body that has been cultivated from a lifetime of experiences, right. Many times they're, you know, subconsciously put into us, but sometimes, you know, like assault victims and like this person was, you know, they have conscious things, imprints, life experiences that are they have to actually overcome for them to start accepting themselves. But, you know, I know exactly what you're saying. Like when, when I first kind of went into this area of like acceptance, I kind of rejected it. I was like, no, like I'm, I'm not happy with the way that I look right. Accepting myself is like giving up. It's yeah. Like burying my head in the sand is being complacent. Right. And so this is the hardest thing I try to get people to to come to with, because I think it's the most powerful thing, right? This acceptance is the complete opposite of giving up. It's going to be the single greatest, hardest thing you're going to do and the most impactful thing that you're going to do for yourself because it is the first step to getting everything else, uh, all your actions, your identity coming from a place of self-care, right? Once you accept yourself, you start eating differently. You start eating like, you start looking at, not how few calories I can eat to lose weight, right? But uh, which never lasts, anyways. Again, remember, this one of those behaviors that eating less doesn't change anything, right? Because the underlying struggles are still there. You start eating in a way that comes from a place of self care and self love. You fuel yourself. You start honoring your own body's hunger cues over an arbitrary calorie budget, right? How many times have people gotten up against a I don't know fifteen hundred calorie budget and they're starving at night, like no. Yeah. I'm not gonna gonna eat it, I'm not gonna do it because the calories said no, right? That's not self-care, it's not self-respect, and it's rooted in rejection of yourself, right? You don't like what what you see in the mirror, and so you're trying to control that from the outside in through your nutrition. So the key is for you to get back, start honoring yourself, honoring your body's cues, what it needs, whether it's the satiation, the satisfaction, the nutrition, right? And you start acting in accordance with that, and when you do that it feels good you start acting consistently and adhere it adherent to that particular behavior for a long period of time and that's what creates the actual uh, well I'm not gonna say it's what creates the transformation the transformation is an ongoing thing but that's what changes you your your external appearance is consistency and adherence right and that's rooted again in acceptance so when people are like rejecting the acceptance—they're the ones who are struggling the most with their eating, in the first place, and that's the reason why. Is so until they come to grips with that and get it out—that that limiting belief. Until they get rid of that limiting belief that acceptance is giving up,
1: mm-hmm. they're going
0: to continue struggling. Hmm.
1: Mm, that yeah, acceptance ex- or not accepting yourself is the the problem. It's yeah. but it's it's so opposite of what you think. It's so. Yeah.
0: You have to believe to yourself that, um, acceptance is not giving up, that it's just accepting your current state because your current state, this moment, this now, mm-hmm. like it can't be changed. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. And so accept it. There's no point in, in, uh, rejecting the present moment. That's what makes you miserable, right? You're creating that resistance of what I, what actually is right in front of you. There's, this moment can't be changed. And that moment is gone now. It's in the past, right? And it can only exists in your mind. It's done. So accept yourself now. But yeah, sure. Get excited about what the future might hold for you because of your acceptance, right? Because good things, freedom, freedom from food obsession. Um, you know, you've got that sign behind you. I see imperfectly consistent, mm-hmm. beautifully said, right? It's like imperfect eating like you talk about. Yeah. Hey it's freedom. Like that's, that's what you're getting to is you're no longer obsessing. You're able to just eat, live your life, move your body in a way that brings you joy, right? Have a positive body image so you can live your full life experience and you can be mentally, emotionally, physically healthy and happy. Like that's what people actually want. The body just happens to be a side effect of that. And it could be any number of places, weights, shapes, sizes, and the re- the problem people struggle with is that they just think it has to be this one particular thing for all these things to happen. And this is not the case.
1: Yeah. Once you kind of made this shift for yourself, I'm curious how did that affect your quality of life and like your relationships with your wife or your family or just, you know, going and doing stuff? What changed?
0: Yeah. Um, so first of all, it was a process, right? Like it kind of, like I said, just like you're rebuilding trust in any relationship, you kind of put yourself out there you get the feedback and you kind of build that trust. It was, it wasn't like overnight. So if people feel bad about like, I know I tried accepting myself just now. It didn't work. Right. <laughs> the point is that you're deciding, you're deciding yeah, that this is yeah. it and you're making that, this is that inflection point moving forward. Right. Um, but uh, a lot has changed. Number one, Um, I used to, well, I do consider myself introverted for sure, but I told you a little bit earlier how I dropped out of college. I had a huge public speaking phobia, right? Like, I mean, it completely, I was suspended in high school because of skipping classes and presentations. And since like, like when I first started my business from 2011 to like 2015, maybe it was like four, it was like three or four years. No one even knew what I looked like. Like I that's how like I would, I would write I was under the pen name of coach calorie I think I might have had a little tiny one of those little like pixel avatars that were so small, but whatever You know when I finally posted my first picture people some people thought that I was a woman like this whole time You know, that's how much I hid from the world as a result of a negative body image, right? and so over time now Well, I mean, doing interviews, doing live coaching calls, I'm speaking live to hundreds of people, I'm speaking, I have my own podcast, right? Like business in and of itself is, you know, the ultimate personal development tools, I'm sure you know, but, um, you know, that has helped me extremely with my business, reaching out to relationships with friendships and stuff like that. And those are the two big areas that really um, I struggle with with my life experience, but other than that, it's things like going to the beach, going to the pool, things I was like self-conscious about, taking off my shirt. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have your moment still, but I've learned that when I feel it, that's, a, that's the yard sign right there, the guidepost, that that's the thing that I need to go and do. And that if I don't go do it and I let the fear win out, that i move my body image and my body closer together as one again, right? If I want to keep that separated, I need to take that fear as a sign that like, that's the thing that my life experience is being affected with. That's the thing I don't want in my life anymore. So go do it. And I go do it, right? It's the thinking about it all the time that makes it so bad. But once you go do it, you're like, what the hell was I even worried about in the first place, right?
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I want to switch things up a little bit. Um, As we're recording this, it's August. COVID is here and here to stay, and there's a lot of things that are shifting in the next few weeks as kids are going back to school or staying home from school, or who even knows? How how have you guys been doing at home, and how have you kind of like kept things up for your family and for yourself, and taking time for yourself? That's been a big struggle for a lot of people. Is like actually taking time for themselves to do the things that help them feel good.
0: Right. So our school started back up actually last week and uh, last Wednesday we just started, well, we don't have the option. We have to homeschool for the first four weeks or delaying okay. the in-person stuff. And I have, well, I have three stepkids. One of them is out of the, out of the house. I have two daughters that are here. They're old enough to kind of do it themselves. My son um, is in first grade and he has special needs and he's on the spectrum. And we have, you know, our time homeschooling. I'm like, we really depend on his teachers at school to kind of uh, their expertise of knowing how to, uh, you know, handle him and teach him and stuff. So that has been a big, the biggest shift for us coming from the summer until now, you know, most people are like, okay, childcare, you know, kids are going to school. I've got a bunch of free time is the exact opposite now where we have you know my wife and I are having to homeschool but like you said like it is extremely important that you and I'm hesitant to say to put yourself first but I in the spirit of that I really do mean that in the sense that When you best take care of yourself, you're better able to help those around you, right? You want the best for your family. I want the best for my son that I've got to take care of myself first, right? Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I do a really good job uh, managing our time so that we have our alone time to be, you know, for our own autonomy and flexibility, and it goes with our workouts and stuff to to do the things that we need to do to make us feel whole, right? So, you know, we, we split up the days, we split up our mornings in particular. Now we make sure that like divide and conquer, right? Like I'll go out and I'll do my workout while she's taking care of the house, right? I get home, she does her thing, right? And while I take care of the house, she'll do some homeschooling and then I'll do some homeschooling, making sure that, you know, now we're in business together, but um, we know we need to make sure that we had time for ourselves and also time for Um, you know, our family and time for our business too. There's so many people who um, don't have the help of their spouse. Either they are afraid to ask for it or they've already been told no as if that should be an answer or not. But, and they are don't have the time for themselves to take care of themselves. And because of that, they're not as good of a spouse or not as good of a mother or father. They're not a complete person, Yeah. right?
1: Yeah. When you started that, you said like the thing we – taking time to keep yourself whole, do the things to keep yourself whole. And I, going back on when we were just spending the last half hour talking about like if, if exercise is a means of you making your body smaller and food is just about decreasing calories, like of course – that goes to the side during a time like this. Cause it's just about making oh, you smaller instead of exactly. making yourself whole.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when, and when you shift that to like exercise is something you do for enjoyment because it's fun, it's energy yeah. producing, not energy draining. Like you get out there and you want to do it right. Like, like I start my day with a walk every single day. Like I'm very, um, adamant about getting in a morning walk and it. Like, it's like my meditation time, right? Like, I can, it's alone time. There's no responsibilities. I listen to personal development, um, audiobook or a podcast at that time. But, like, it's just me time, right? And so, when I get back home, like, I feel good. I had, I started my day with time for myself. And now I'm ready to help other people. And I'm pouring from a full glass, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, someone, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it actually might have been, Liz, Elizabeth DiAlto, when we, uh, Deanna and I were at Jill's conference and I think it was her, but she said like resentment is a sign that you overgave. Like you, you didn't do enough for yourself. And so like we, I think we find like, like I know I am really resentful when people are pulling my time, but it's usually like, well, I didn't wake up and do something for myself. And now I'm really angry at someone else, but it's like, had I just done something for myself, I probably would have been happier to help, happier to do that thing for someone else. So I love that. Just waking up, doing a walk, and it's so low key. It's not like you woke up and did like 50 burpees. It's like right, a yeah. walk. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a very easy transition. I, I'm honestly, I think that walking is probably the single greatest exercise that's out there for, um, the general I mean for I'm gonna say for everybody. I do think it's just low impact. It has a very low barrier of entry into it. Um and of course there's the you know physical benefits to it also. What did you say? Resent that was a really good line that you said. Resentment was what? A sign Res- that what?
1: Resentment is a sign that you overgave. You, overgave. So you feel resentment, it's like, yeah. What and I think of it too, like like, oh. Uh, with my husband, I'm upstairs right now as I uh, record this. And I like, he would come and like, say something to me. And it's like, like I would get mad. And then I was like, Jacqueline, that's your fault. Cause you have this boundary, but you didn't, um, you didn't uphold it. Like you he was it, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was like, it's, that's on me for not, explo- yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like, yeah. Resentment is, is, is a sign that you're not honoring your needs. You're not respecting your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah yeah, I'm gonna steal it,
1: yeah, go for it <laughs> so so um, you' you guys make time, you kind of set up this this trust that you're going to give her her time, and you'll have your time, and that helps you guys parent and be at home,
0: yeah, absolutely I, we we can't uh, we've been through this, and I guess it's part of my um my personality that I kind of like things to feel even, and so I mean it can sound bad or it can sound good, but it benefits everybody. Right. Because everybody, like if I, if that is a way that I live my life of fairness, right. I don't expect for me to have my, you know, an entire morning to myself and then like my wife doesn't get anything. Right. Yeah. Something else that we do on the weekends, Saturday is her day. Like she has a day without responsibilities with the kids. Sunday is my day and it's my day without responsibility. So we at least, we at least have an hour every day each to ourselves, right? To do the things that whatever we want to do, that makes us feel recovered, right? Recharged. And then on the weekend, we have at least a full day each week that if we want to, and we do, we, she can sit there and watch Real Housewives laying in bed and watch her, um, watch her TV and I can do whatever that I want to do, right? There's no asking about it. It's assumed that, I have zero responsibility. It's like a Father's Day or Mother's Day, right? Or I hope that was a Father's Day or Mother's Day for most people. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it is it is absolutely um, great. And I tell people that I do this weekend thing all the time. They love the idea, right? And I get messages. They're like, "Oh, he'll never go for it and stuff." I'm just like, "What do you mean, never never go for it? Like, are, is it you're afraid of asking? You know what you need, which is you've got to get over that fear." Like again. If you feel fearful about it, your life experience is being affected, that's the thing that you need to go and step up and do. It's a sign, right? Ask, talk, communicate what you need. There's no reason why, um, and we can get into all kinds of different things, but there's no reason why you shouldn't have the free time. Whether you are working a nine-to-five job or you're a stay-at-home parent, whatever, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a day that has no responsibilities.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, yeah, it really does go back to those those core beliefs. Like if you're like, well, I'm not deserving of, or uh, he he his stuff is more important than mine. I mean, it, but like those beliefs <laughs> drive your thoughts and drive your actions and the outcomes you get. So yeah, if, you know.
0: I don't make the money in the house, so I don't have any room to talk. These are limiting beliefs. Of course, you have room to talk. I mean, what do you mean? You know, you've got to you got to find these beliefs on that identity level that are holding you back from making you feel whole. Like if you have to talk to your spouse, you know, about like, look, this is affecting you because I'm not happy. You know, like if that's what needs to be said for the, see the entire, like this benefits you. Right. Also, this benefits our family. We could grow at our happiness or wealth or whatever. Right. As a result of me feeling whole, do you want this for me? you know, (laughs) Let's see what they say then. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Would you like to reduce arguments in this house? Okay, give me some time. Exactly, yes. Yes, that's huge. I like that. Show how it will benefit everyone and not just Mm -hmm. you. Um, That's huge. What other things have you found people kind of like during this time of working from home, what struggles have people... um, Present it to you, and like, what have you kind of been working through?
0: Um, So, the way I've kind of seen it is like, there's like two kinds of people that have, uh, or two different scenarios from, well, I guess you could say COVID, uh, during COVID. Mm -hmm. And number one, there's the group of people who thrive from being home, from um, working out at home and that's me. You know, I joked about it when it first started. I'm like, you know, my life honestly isn't that affected by all this, Uh you know, maybe it's a little sad. I don't know, but you know, most of my life is, you know, revolved around my very close relationships and my work at home, my family. So, um, I have a stay at home business, so I don't really get out and about that much in the first place. So people like me, maybe, um, I don't want to just say introvert people because there's other people who benefit from it too, but people are home and they feel like they can focus more on themselves. Right. And they're able to put more emphasis on the things that they're doing, who they're being right. And then they have the other group of people who really struggle with being home, being around food, more being bored and how that like interaction with food and using it to cope with things. Um, not being able to be out and around people, like for some people, the gym is a communal kind of thing and social kind of thing. And now they don't have that, and are having to work from home or work out at home. So those are the kind of things that um, you know, I help them do, like work through emotional eating issues, potentially find uh, new ways of training that might integrate a community aspect, whether it's online group training kind of stuff, like Peloton type stuff or whatever, if they need that interaction. Um, but more than anything, I just I feel like making sure that you're part of some kind of community uh, Whether it's with you know a, a program or if it's with social media like how you're cultivating uh, Your mental diet of sorts right yeah. making sure that you feel supported in the During this entire time, right? There's no reason to actually go about it alone. I say that I'm alone, but I um, I have a very strong virtual network of yeah. people that fulfill me, you know?
1: Yeah. That's when it, when social media is a good thing <laughs> of like, yeah yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. The actual social part. So that I know that you and your wife made some big changes with your two businesses. Tell me a little bit more about what ha- what are you guys doing now? How, what brought this about?
0: Yeah. So I started my business in 2011 and I did it, by myself um, and she my wife was a writer here and there uh, for the blog but I pushed her to, to start her own business I was like oh, I'm doing this like why not you too yeah. and she kind of did it in accordance with um, my son being born so she was focused around um, pregnancy post-pregnancy kind of stuff uh, postpartum stuff and I as in the last couple of years we've kind of like I didn't even say the last couple of years over the, over this, I don't know, probably five years. Point thing is that our methodologies or our mindsets and stuff, we're always kind of cohesive. Like we agree the same thing. We talked about uh, the same stuff. We talked about our clients. You just had a different client base than I did. Right. Even though I still had, My client base is 80, 90% women, right? Mm -hmm. So we both have females. We still both understood the struggles. She just has a little bit more focus on the pregnancy stuff. But a year and a half ago, we started Fitness and Sushi, which was our podcast. And it turned out to be um, our strongest product, our strongest free product, right? And so we're like, look, she is hesitant because she didn't want to lose some of her freedom and autonomy and stuff. So it took me a little while to talk her into joining forces because I wanted her to come on to uh, my brand. Right. And well, I asked her about all of her concerns. We went out to get some sushi and had some sake and uh, you know, I was able to talk her into it and um, you know, she has fully adopted this uh, unified philosophy that we're coaching. Right. And we already did. We just kind of made it formal. Yeah. And so we're just kind of transitioning into all that. She's, uh, we, our coaching now is basically co coaching. So we do like live coaching calls. It's both of us on there. Uh, so it's kind of like a unique thing for people who, first of all, know both of us from the podcast and just kind of like an extension of that um, and creating a brand new community based around this ideal body formula, right? That ideal self, ideal body is being the natural side effect of improving those relationships, food, body, exercise, and mind, right?
1: That's awesome. It's I love the I call it the choose your own adventure life. Like we just literally decided to start a blog, and they're like, "Where is this going to go?" And it's kind of fun to see. Like you're just like just making stuff up as we go. Like oh, I guess I'll Start and a podcast now. I'll start this now. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And I, I joked to my wife now because ten years ago. Like I told you before, 10 years ago, I was living in Afghanistan. I was working as a civilian for the military, doing communication stuff. I, I lived there for five years in a tent or a small connex container. 10 years ago, my life is so much different right now, right? And so I tell myself, look, I don't see any reason why 10 years from now, my life isn't going to be dramatically different yeah. than it is now, right? And it's just this one big journey. I'm not waiting for something in 10 years to happen, right? I'm trying to enjoy and be present and engage with the journey the entire time. And that's that parallel over to your own fitness journey, your own body image journey, whatever. So not wait, not wait to be happy. Find a way to engage and enjoy that journey, accept it, work on improvement. Maybe in the future there's a TV show or something I do. I have no idea. Maybe there's live events. Maybe I'm not even in fitness anymore. Who knows, right? But yeah, you just kind of like, you just kind of go with the flow. and. Um, not don't be afraid to say yes and 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 act in the face of fear.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that. That's awesome. Cool. All right. So where are the best places that people can find you if they want to connect and learn more?
0: Yeah, so I always say, look, you're obviously like podcasts, you're listening to this one. So my wife and I do our own podcast. It's called Fitness and Sushi. So check Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Give it a listen. If you like our stuff, you'll figure out how to find us from there.
1: Great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
0: Thank you, Jacqueline. Take care.